Blessed are they who have kept the word with a generous heart and yield a harvest through perseverance to keep the word of God. Today, in that first reading, we hear from the Old Testament, I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt that takes place, the place, that place of slavery. You shall not have other gods besides me. <clears throat> in these days, and when we listen to the, the, from the book of Exodus, we hear how God established a relationship with his people. We see what he's done for them, how he freed them, how he pulled them from the land of slavery, how he protected them even when Pharaoh's army, uh, when Pharaoh changed his mind, wished to pursue them and bring them right back because they were the, 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 the workforce which they needed. But we see how God provided for them. It took them three months to reach the Sinai Peninsula, walking through the desert provided by God with the necessary essential elements for survival. And then we hear the establishing of the covenant of God between his people. And so here it is, the, the people of God who wanted to be close to the Lord, but that the Lord gave him the conditions for freedom, the conditions for blessing. And the conditions for blessing and freedom is the Ten Commandments. That's the condition. And so when the people of God reflected on the Ten Commandments, it would say how great God is to us, how good God is to us, that he gave us instructions how to be happy, how to really be happy. And so Ten Commandments, which we speak of, is a path by which we attain type of happiness on earth, but also leads us and opens us to the happiness of the life to come. Remember when Jesus spoke to the one who wanted to follow him, I wish to follow you. And the Lord says, well then follow the commandments first. But if you wish to be perfect, go beyond that. Go beyond, sell all those things and just follow me. Follow me in my footsteps. But the, the primary condition is the commandments. How can you say to the Lord that you love him unless you follow his commandments? And so today we have the instructions uh, which were given by God to the people of God, how to live the commitment, how to live the covenant relationship with God. I will bless you, I'll protect you, but you have to follow in this path. And so it is I, the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I wish to give you the special privilege, privilege by which you can attain joy and happiness here on earth and also create the possibility and the condition for life of glory. But one of them is you shall not carve idols for yourself. You shall not carve idols for yourself in the shape of anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the waters beneath the earth and you shall not bow down before them or worship them. You, have, you shall have no other gods be, be, besides me. And so the Lord gave a fuller explanation. What does it mean? Anything, anything. Not only physical, here or there. She shall not have other gods. For I, the Lord, am your God, am jealous God. 
inflicting punishment to their father's wickedness on the children of those who hate me down to the third and fourth generation, but bestowing mercy down to the thousand generation on the children of those who love me and keep my commandments. It is interesting the Lord speaks of himself as jealous God, not jealousy in the sense of sin here, jealousy in terms of I want to keep you, I want to protect you, I love you so much, I don't want to let you go. I don't want you to be exposed to evil. I don't want you to be exposed to things that they will trap you, they will hurt you, they will in any way endanger your, your spiritual life, life of glory. God, very protective of children. What parents are not protective of their children? They want their best. They want their safety, security, and everything else that goes with it, including which sometimes teenagers complain that parents want to also provide you know, this type of um, you know, security, safety for te ten teenage children and especially older, and they don't want it. They feel they have already enough of knowledge to, you know, to take care of themselves, although we know it's not the case. But then, as you can see, there's five commandments that the Lord explains more fully, and there are, there are others, they don't need explanation. It's kind of interesting. So the first one, you shall not have other gods before you, God gives us quite a bit of explanation. The second commandment also has some explanation, but not as much. And then third one has even a lot more. And then as we will see that not of them need the explanation. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not leave and punish him who takes his name in vain. Why not take the name in vain? because that means you have no respect. You have no respect for God. You have no love for him. You just don't care. Even though we may fall into patterns, we may not be even aware because people use it so frequently, we may pick it up, but the implications are still the same. The second commandment is in containing our Father, in the prayer of our Father. Hallowed be thy name. May your name be made holy not used for things in vain, you know, using it lightheartedly or not even know what we're doing because we follow the patterns of uh, some linguistic patterns or we, we hear people use such expressions. Why we should not use God's name in vain because we for, for, forfeit his blessing, forfeit his blessing because, because by using it, it means we just have no no relationship, or at least we act as though we have no relationship. And if we were to do it intentionally, we're the worst. Now the third, third commandment, and it's full explanation, a lot of sentences here. Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. Lest we forget what that means. The Lord says, six days you may labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. No work may be done then either by you or your son or daughter or your male or female slave or your beast or by the alien who lives with you. Why would God say that? And we have forgotten today. I still remember, I'm old enough to remember that stores were closed on Sunday, except in the morning, a bakery may be open or buying milk or some bread just in the morning. 
I remember, I remember when it was introduced in our country, first was the 4th of July sale in the afternoon. And it seems like people started going and then more and more. Today, even banks are open, which means, and then I, I was not too far from the church and I had to compete during a celebration of the mass on Sunday with a lawnmower right across, very noisy on Sunday. Um, another house, they were, were building a roof, so they were using hammers and everything else. And it seems like right in the middle of, of the Sabbath day, what happened to us? I know that buying food in the morning, now it's the norm, the norm to, to buy. I, being in Italy many times, I watched the Italians in the Saturday afternoon, the busiest tourist season where you could make huge money, amount of money. Italian stores mostly are closed. They're closing their places and who opens them? Foreigners were there. And they know they'll lose money, but they're still there. There's some of their traditions are there. In some countries it's still respected, but right now the, the business world seems to be introducing everything. So. So there's disrespecting this commandment. And there's a problem here. In six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that they contain. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It's not just a replacing the Sabbath day with activity, but also replacing it with not being drawn to God's word, not reflecting, not praying, not worshiping, not resting. You know, rest is essential element of our human nature to rest, but not just rest from activity, but resting in God's presence, resting in his grace, which rebuilds us, which gives us not just a physical, some form of a relief, but the, the, the pressures of the world the pressures which are the stresses, all those things which are around us. It doesn't give us relief and release of, of the tensions which exist within us. Because anyone who begins to reflect on God's word, pray, to enter into communion, sees the future, sees hope, sees the things which are essential so we can create um, our daily life according to God's ways, create the priorities which are so essential for us. And then the last one, which is more explained, and then finally the final one, honor your father and your mother that you may have a long life in this land which the Lord your God is giving you. There's something here about the blessings of, of parents, of children who take care of them. And I know it sometimes is very difficult, you know, with all kinds of things which may happen, Alzheimer's or, or, or they go beyond our ability to, to take care of physically. But then again, visiting, being there for them, honoring them by our presence, by our love, making sure that they feel that they are safely safe and protected in their old age. And then quickly, the Lord doesn't seem to regard too much, but they're very important. You shall not kill, commit adultery, not steal, false bear witness. And then you shall not covet. And then the Lord explains what this covetousness means. So once again, uh, 
that covered your neighbor's house, wife, spouse, male, female, slave, ox, or an ass or donkeys, nor anything that else belongs to him. Why the Lord does not really explain the other ones? Because the society will take care of you. The society will take, if you kill, watch what will happen. People will take the law into their own hands and they'll make sure that you understand what that means. Committing adultery, your spouse will take care of you. Or maybe some friends, perhaps. Or courts that they have to settle down, the divorces. Bearing false witness, you get, you get nailed for that one too. Uh, stealing, you don't have to worry about that one. Quickly, the law will get, get, get to you because it has to do with material things, even now, you know, intellectual property or anything that, that you may use. Now they have a problem if, if artificial intelligence can duplicate so many things, whose rights are they? You know, because it's a collection of everybody else's thoughts. You know, because intelligence, artificial intelligence collects things which are already online, so therefore it can put together. To keep God's word, Commandments are known as God's word to us. And Jesus says today, how is it possible for us to welcome God's word? And by the way, this year, you know, some things happen to us where we read the readings two or three times during the year. And this is one of them. As you know, that uh, Sunday A, we read Matthew's gospel. So therefore, on Sunday, we're going to read these readings. But in addition to it, the gospel for, you know, for the weekdays is also from Matthew partially and from others. So God this year wants to really tell us, you know, at least three times already, to welcome God's word. God is the one who's sowing the, the word, the truth, the gospel, the covenant relationship. And what do we do? The word of God comes. But for those who... Um, who don't really understand is meaningless. So the word of God is still there. It's someplace on the internet. It's someplace somebody reminds them of, but they don't understand it. They just refuse it. So it's like a word that falls on a path where the birds come and pick it up. There's no, it's on the road, it doesn't grow. But there's a second dimension of God's word and it is people who do receive it, they hear it and say, okay, it's kind of interesting, maybe I should do something. But the evil one right away said, uh-uh, this is not for you, not for you. You may grasp it, but you don't really want it. Because you know, we have to remember that the evil one, he goes immediately after us. The minute you start wishing to pray or to read scripture or something, immediately there are a thousand reasons why you should not. And right away you'll say, you start working or, or trying to read and say, oh, I still have to do this, I have to do that. And you know, and immediately kind of pushed away from us. And so the Lord says that the second one, the word of God can come and may actually affect us in some way, but the evil one will steal away because it's not, not too deep, it's very shallow. It doesn't have the root. The third one is the is known as the rocky ground. Uh, 
I'm sorry, the third one is the, uh, the uh, is correct, the Iraqi ground, which means that, as you can see, there are some trees grow, and they seem to grow in Iraqi ground, but if there's a storm, they flip they very quickly are uprooted, or sometimes they're not even able to grow too long because the roots are just all over the place and they're exposed. And then there's also another one, and that's if there's tribulation or persecution that comes, that people fall away. The fourth one is the, 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 uh, th uh, the seed of God sown among the thorns. And again, the Lord explains as those who hear the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit. Worldly anxiety, you know, and the lure of riches, material goods. And then finally, the rich soil is the one who hears the word of God, understands it, and who indeed bears fruit and yields 100 or 60 or 30 fold. Can I read you something? You know, I spoke of artificial intelligence and I know I, I sometimes, out of curiosity, I go and see what would happen. I said, you know, dear computer or artificial intelligence, write me a homily on, on idol, idols of today. What are the idols of today according to, you know, commandments of the, you know, Exodus 20 of today. And I want to read, read you what this computer wrote. Very interesting. Today, I would like to address a topic that is relevant to our lives in this modern age, the idols that people worship, often rejecting the very first commandment given to us by God in Exodus 20, also known as the Ten Commandments. So I'd like to address such a topic that is relevant in our lives. Okay, so even computers said these are relevant. So interesting. Um, unfortunately, this commandment, that means you shall have no other gods before me. Unfortunately, this commandment is often overlooked as people unknowingly or intentionally place various idols before God in their lives. An idol can be defined as anything that takes the place of God in our hearts and minds. It can be a material possession, a relationship, a desire for power or success, or even an ideology that we hold dear. Idols can be subtle and deceptive, captivating our attention and drawing us away from the one true God. Isn't it interesting what this, you know, sort of kind of uh, combined wisdom of the, of the people from the internet, uh, which this uh, artificial intelligence draws these conclusions. Now it says one of the prominent idols of our time is the pursuit of wealth and material possessions. Many people place their trust and happiness in accumulating wealth, believing that it will bring them security and fulfillment. They work tirelessly, sacrificing their time and relationships, all in the pursuit of wealth. In doing so, they reject the first commandment by placing their trust in money and possessions rather than in God. That's a great homily right here. It's a great homily. Now, another prevalent idol in our society is the idol of self. So material, the idol of self. We live in an age of self-centeredness. We have personal desires 
and ambitions take precedence over anything and everything else. The pursuit of pleasure, personal success, and self-gratification often becomes the primary focus of many individuals. We see the rise of self-worship, where people are more concerned about their own image, reputation, and happiness than they are about loving and serving God and others. Give them an A here. A for great homely, okay? Wealth, but this whole self-centeredness is really well developed. Technology has also become an idol of our lives. While advancements in technology have undoubtedly brought numerous benefits, they have also become a source of distraction and addiction. We spend countless hours glued to our screens, seeking validation and connection through social media platforms. Our obsession with virtual reality and online experiences often lead us to neglect of our, uh, our real life relationships and responsibilities. Another A here. Well done. Even ideologies and belief systems can become idols. True too. Ideologies, party relationships, you know, issues, social issues, these views. So they can be our idols today too. When we elevate political ideologies, nationalism, and even religious doctrines above the truth of God's word, we risk distorting our understanding of God's will and purpose for us. Instead of seeking God's guidance and aligning ourselves with this truth, we adhere blindly to human philosophies, putting our faith in flawed and fallible ideas. And finally, so how do we combat the worship of these idols and truly honor the first commandment? First and foremost, we must recognize that God alone is worthy of our worship and devotion. We need to examine our hearts and identify the idols that have taken place, taken, that have taken his place. This requires humility and a willingness to surrender those idols to God, asking for his forgiveness and help in redirecting our focus back to him. Once again, very sharp, right on, on the theme. Secondly, we must prioritize our relationship with God. This means setting aside time for prayer, reading his word, and seeking his presence in our lives. By act actively seeking God, we invite him to reveal areas in our lives where idols have taken place, have taken hold, and to transform our hearts and minds. I, I tell you, I'm so moved by this. This is right right where we need to be sometimes. Perhaps, you know, the, 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 these computers, artificial intelligence have to remind us of what we should be. Obviously, it can also tell us something different. However, finally, we must cultivate a community of believers who support and encourage one another in our journey of faith. Together, we can hold each other accountable and help identify and address the idols that may be influencing our lives. Today, when we hear God's word, and this is, I'm quickly summarizing conclusion, let us remember the words of Exodus, you shall have no other gods before me. Today, I urge you to reflect on the idols of your life.
I think it's an excellent homily. And more than that, great explanation of what today's world is like. And so I, the word of God that we heard today, not only the Ten Commandments, but also the gospel, is really inviting us to go deeper. And if artificial intelligence can instruct us in such a wonderful way, yes, wealth, self, you know, uh, contemporary, uh, contemporary uh, media, all those things, and the lack of our relationship, not growing in relationship, we neglect it. And so therefore, we have to create the environment where God's word will be welcome, where God's word can grow and produce great fruit. And that fruit is not just for this world here, but world for all eternity. Unless you follow the commandments, unless you follow the commandments which Jesus spoke of, all those combined here into two, commandment of love, love of neighbor, love of God, love of God and neighbor. And, and the explanation which is given to us in the book of Exodus, then we, we will not be able to participate in a glory to come. And so that's why Jesus today instructs us with his word, but he also makes sure that we welcome him, that we receive him in the Eucharist. He's the power of God. He's the love of God. He's the mercy of God. He's the one who, who uh, makes us whole. He makes us transform. He forgives us and prepares us for the joys of eternal life. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.